everyone. Welcome to another episode of Resilient and Real. I'm Dr. Veronica Kelly, Behavioral Health Director for San Bernardino County, and we are super excited to have Mr. Cesar Garcia with us here today. Uh, Mr. Garcia is one of our keynote speakers in our Recovery Happens event that will take place on September 18th. And we hope that you all will tune into that. It will be done virtually and will be available on all of our social media sites. So first, um, Mr. Garcia, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to meet with us. Maybe you could um, just tell our uh, listeners a little bit about yourself. My name is Cesar Garcia. I'm a working actor. You might have seen me on shows like uh, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, uh, pretty much every police show out there. And uh, I've also done some uh, big movies like Fast and Furious. I was in the fourth installment of that. I got to work with Paul Walker before he passed. Um, I'm also a ex-gang member. I've also, you know, abused drugs and alcohol in my past. And, uh, you know, I'm just here to let everyone know that anything is possible. I'm living proof of that. If you want to make changes, it's never too late to make changes that will benefit your future. That is great. That's so important to hear, especially because so many people struggle with uh, addiction. Uh, I come from a family of addiction as well. So being able to see light at the end of the tunnel is super important for people and to be, see themselves reflected in people who are in recovery. You have an amazing professional life um, as a, an actor, a producer, and a writer. Maybe you could um, talk a little bit about your accomplishments in your recovery from addiction. You know, my, my, my thing with uh, drugs was um, intertwined with, uh, with being an active gang member. It wasn't so much that I was addicted to drugs themselves. I was addicted to the life that I was living, to the lifestyle. And drugs was a big part of it. Drugs enabled me to do some crazy stuff, you know, and to get into some bad situations. Um, for me, at some point, I, uh, I was already a father of three. Um, I had already seen, um, you know, many, many of my peers die. A lot of them were serving life sentences. Um, you know, I always loved this life. I, I really, I, I was addicted to it, you know, the whole thing. I loved every bit of it. I enjoyed going to jail. I had no problem with that. Um, you know, as a, as a young teenager, I um, I had a fantasy, you know, I had this this goal, this crazy fantasy that I wanted to, you know, I was okay with doing life one day and being like some big, you know, shot caller or something in prison, you know, doing life, you know, spending three, 23 hours a day in a, in a jail cell. And I was okay with that. I was also okay with the idea of dying on a street corner, you know, uh -huh. uh, being shot by enemy gang members or police. I mean, I was okay with that. But at some point, at some point after, after all that I had been through, seeing everybody die, including my own brother, uh -huh. um, nothing, nothing really, you know, made me change at any of those moments. But one day I literally just woke up and you know what? I, I had a change of heart. I, I just... I just wasn't cool with the idea of spending the rest of my life in jail or dying. I didn't want to die. I was like, you know what? I don't want to die and I don't want to go to jail for life. So I, um, you know, that is the, the, I guess the moment that I began looking for a way to, uh, you know, to change my path and to, to go in a different direction in my life. No matter where you are in life, you can make changes. You know, we all know what's best for us. We all know what's good, you know, but we avoid reason to uh, continue to doing 
doing what we what we want, re- regardless of you know uh, who it's hurting, including ourselves. But if you want to make a change, you can do that. You got to commit. It's a commitment to yourself to say, you know what, I want to I want a better life. I want a better existence on this planet, you know, and you got to commit to it and it's possible. Again, I'm living proof. I had everything going against me. I, you know, I, I was raised in East LA to, uh, you know, ra- raised by a single mom, you know, never got to um, meet my father, my biological father. Don't know his name. Don't even know what he looks like. Didn't have any advantages. You know, there wasn't uh, I, I grew up poor. I was really, really poor and uh, didn't have, uh, you know, many resources growing up. I looked up to other gang members growing up, you know, because they gave me what I needed as a child. They showed me attention. They gave me love. And so I wanted to be like them. I truly believed that that was what I was supposed to be in life and nothing else. Everything you said is just so important for our listeners to hear. Uh, And many of the people who work for us and have recovery work as alcohol and drug counselors or work as clinicians. They also were in a place where something happened, you know, and they had this like epiphany or something, something happened that kind of flipped a switch in their head. So for you, what, what keeps you out of the life? What are there people who've helped you? Is it your career that helps you stay, um, you know, where you are? I think it was my, it's really just coming out of that bubble that I was in, you know, that, that gangster Uh life bubble. I say bubble because it's, Like I said, I I grew up thinking that that was where I was supposed to be. But once you step out of it, even for a bit, you start to realize and you start to see people different. You start to see other aspects of life that that you, you know, never paid attention to. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, life is life is amazing. I I I look at it now, especially with my acting. I mean, I'm I'm so you know grateful to have had the opportunity to do something that is fun. And with a great potential for success and money and what have you, right? The acting now, I see it as a as a tool. I see it as a vehicle for me to be able to reach other people that might be in, you know, that might have been in my shoes, you know, um, whether it was drug addiction, alcoholism, or you know, or or gangs, or or whatever, you know, just in a bad situation that they thought they could never get out of and live a whole new way. I'm, I'm letting them know that that they can. And so for me, it's really about about sharing what I've been through and, and sharing, like, I guess you could say, like, the life hacks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that, I, that I've, um, yeah, that I've um, collected along the way, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just sharing that stuff with people. And what, what motivates me to stay in this is that it feels so much better to help people than it does to hurt people. Even, even though I, I, you know, was, I guess sort of brainwashed into the belief that, you know, it's either it's them or me, you know what I mean? Yeah. The whole gang mentality. Right. So, so do you feel, I mean, lots of folks, um, as you said, when people are affiliated with gangs, gangs become, you know, they're their peers, they're their family, they're their reason to, to live. Do actors, your fellow actors, are they supplying that for you. I mean, it's super interesting, the stuff that you're saying, because, and it kind of mirrors our speaker from last year we had, which was Danny Trejo, who talked a lot about, you know, being in the life as well. And then, and then you both find acting. And I think that's so interesting because that's so totally not what you would think about when you think about someone who's in a gang and that the way they turn themselves or, you know, they somehow get out of it. And now they're, they're amazing actors. So how'd you even end up in that spot to try acting? 
Well, I think, you know what, first I want to say, I, I never thought about acting before. Never, never saw myself doing that. It wasn't anything that I, you know, aspired to be as a, even as a child, I had other, you know, dreams, maybe an astronaut or something or a scientist, but never acting. Acting kind of just fell in my lap, to be honest with you. And, and you know what, it was, it was at the right moment because I was already looking to do something new with my life. You know, I want to do something big. I've had, I've had other, other talents that I, that I try to do something with, but I always had one foot in the door and one out. So nothing ever, you know, resulted a success because of that. You know, I have a talent in music. You know, I had many opportunities in the past, even had a record deal and messed that up because I wanted to live both ways. I wanted to still be a gangster and still do that. And you can't do both, you know? Mm-hmm. You just can't do both. So the way that the acting happened, it just it just landed in my lap, like I said, and I um I gave it a shot, already being in the right state of mind to accept something, uh, an opportunity, you know. Uh-huh. I uh, I ran with it, and little did I know that I had uh, a little bit of a talent for that too, you know. So <laughs> the rest is history. Well, and that kind of makes sense, right? Because sometimes um depend, you know acting skills or we have those in therapy as well when we're doing therapy because we 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 have to project a certain person to the person we're trying to help right so that's a a pretty great skill to have on the streets probably probably saved you from a lot of things so to be able to be able to move that into something that's pretty legit and that you can uh, make a good living on pretty amazing do you channel any of the 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 folks that you knew um or you still know growing up and on the streets and the way you used to be into the characters that you play? Um, I do. I do. I take from my from my life experiences most of the time, especially when playing characters like that, you know, whether it be me or someone I was really close to, you know? Yeah. So that, and again, that's just so great that you can use that part of your life to inform a new part of your life. The thing that really uh, stood out to me, what you were just saying is that you weren't able to move forward because you still had, you had one foot in and one foot out, you know? So you yeah. You couldn't, you weren't committing. You were just in that, that gray area between the, you know, the black and the white or the legit and the, the street life. So many of the people that we work with are, feel as if there is nothing for them. They, um, they, they feel terrible. Society treats them terribly, whether it's because they're using or they're in a gang or because of the color of their skin or the way they talk. And so they, sometimes the folks we work with in behavioral health, really feel like throwaway people and they don't have anything that, you know, they're, they're waiting for something to do what it did to you, you know, turn on that switch and you're just tired of being tired. So any words of encouragement for our folks? Well, for one, I would say, you know, yeah, um, there's a lot of us who are lucky enough that something has kind of landed in our lap that we were able to turn into something great but don't wait around, you know, don't wait for something to happen. You got to, you got to get up and make it happen. You got to look for something. Um, just start by just changing your, um, you know, your everyday routine, you know, start at the bottom, start making changes from the ground up, you know, whether it be anything, whether it be eating better, whether it be, you know, working out anything, you just gotta, you gotta change the the cycle that you're in, the routine that you're in. And, uh, and you got to believe in yourself, you know, because regardless of how old you are, you think, oh, I'm too old to change now. You know what? As old as you are, you're never going to be this young again. And, you know, regardless of what you've been through, regardless of how in bad shape you are, the only thing that we can't bounce back from is death. If you're alive, you can change. If you're alive, you can do it. 
Trust me, you can do it. Again, I'm living proof and there's a lot of people like me that were even in worse situations than mine. You know, and, and really it's just like I said, it's commitment, you know, it's commitment. I know it's hard to get out of a certain, you know, situations, especially uh, uh, groups like like a gang or, you know, or, or, or a group of friends. You know, like if all your friends do drugs and that's that's all you have and that's your family, then you know what? Uh, you should find yourself a hobby that will slowly kind of give you less time to spend with them, you know, right. you know, find something to do, find something that you like to do and, and dive in, go all in. And, and, and at the end of the day, I, I feel like whether it be a gang or a group of friends or family or whatever the case is, you know, the whole thing is that you got to commit and you got to keep your word. Don't be the guy that, oh, I'm going to stop doing this and that. But then when you're having issues at home or whatever, there you are again. You know what I mean? Asking to pass the pipe or whatever it is that you're doing. You know, you got to stick to it. You got to stick to it. At the end of the day, these people uh, will respect you at the end of the day because, you know what I mean? If you keep your word and, and, and they know that you're doing something positive and you're trying to better yourself, even if they don't know how yet, at the end of the day, they're going to look up to you. You know, people always ask me if, uh, you know, if um, the people that I grew up with, you know, how they feel about it. You know, I've never really gotten any bad um, feedback. If there was any that, you know, that didn't like, you know, that I was going to, you know, that I was in a, in a, going in a, in a different direction that didn't involve them or, or the gang or whatever. I think at the end of the day, you know, the fact that the minute that I decided to to start going right and going straight, you know, I, I stood that way. And I think that gains you respect at the end of the day. And now they're my biggest fans, you know? Wow. That is a, that is a really nice reframe of that because I know people get nervous about that sort of thing. But the idea that you just outlined for us that folks need to focus on a routine, um, believe in themselves and commit to something uh, and keep their word. Those are all pretty doable, I think. Uh, maybe it's easy for me to say. Um, but even the idea that you said that you just feel better when you help people rather than when you hurt people. How do you how do you keep that going, though, every day? Well, you know, I mean, it, it's been a big, big transition. You know, growing up, uh, you know, I had a lot of uh, anger. I've had a lot of, you know, I mean, you name it. Uh, everything that I've been through, just the situation that I was born in, you know, not having money. I mean, you know, there was a lot of things that, that made me uncomfortable growing up, you know, as a kid. And uh, I didn't know how to solve them. So for me, gangs gave me like an outlet, you know, it gave me an outlet, uh, you know, unfortunately, to, to be violent. And, and that became my outlet to release anger and frustration and, you know, whatever is it that was going on with me that I didn't understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, for me, the, the way that I keep keep uh, myself on track for, for other people. I can't speak for them. Some people that may have not been through what I've been through. Maybe it's just the money, you know, maybe it's just being on sets and getting to meet famous people. Maybe that's what does it for them. You know, for me, to be honest with you is, uh, it, you know, is, is the ability to reach people like me. And now I have like this, uh, like this badge, you know, like, like, you know, like this proof, look at me, man, I'm an actor. I'm cool. Right. You see me on TV, but you know, I was just like you. So, you know what I mean? That connects to those two things. Like, look, if I made it, you can make it for me. What keeps me going, honestly, is that it's, it's really the fulfillment that I get from speaking to a group of, let's say kids in juvenile hall. And, and at the end of the, the talk, you know, one of them comes up to me and, and says, Hey man, what you said, I never thought about it that way, but you know what? You, you're making me think in a whole different way. Now I feel like I can really do it now after listening to you. And that to me is, 
is what that's the payoff and that's why i it's now i'm addicted to that now i'm, an, I'm addicted to seeing that seeing you know to, to getting that kind of feedback you know right it'd be a young ch- kid or, or or maybe i spoke to you know a group of men who who you know who just got out of being incarcerated and you know and they, they were really down and now they're like you know they, they feel like they can actually do something with themselves that for me is what is what keeps me going and, and keeps me on on this track now. Now I'm addicted to that. I love the way it feels, and it and it's so much better than than you know everything that I thought felt good before. That's so great. I mean, you are obviously um, touching so many lives. Uh, even just the idea that you're on you know on a film or you're writing um, that you've done that that gives hope to kids who are in the very same predicament as you were um, from all walks of life and and all colors and ethnicities and it's super important for all of us to have uh, role models who look like us you know who who talk like us who know what it's like to have family that's kind of crazy like our families I, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story of hope and resilience um, and thank you so much in advance for being one of our speakers in our Recovery Happens event on September 18th. We are all looking forward to hearing more about your amazing story. Recovery Happens Month is in the the month of September, and this year our theme is Recovery is for Everyone, Every Person, Every Family, Every Community. So once again, um, Caesar, thank you so much for taking time to spend with us today, and um, for all of our listeners out there, we will catch you all on the well side. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Self-care is not selfish, and it's something that is so important for everybody to do. Let's hear from a DBH employee about how they practice self-care in this week's Self-Care Corner. Hello, my name is Raymond Sorrell III. I am a business systems analyst here at the Department of Behavioral Health. I used to consider myself as having like an active anti-social life. I do jujitsu, but like I was also into like archery and like hunting, lifting weights and the pandemic hit. And it really made me think about the need for community. And so the focus of some of my activities changed as far as self-care. I'm currently a doctoral student at California Southern University. So aside from work, it requires me to do a lot of reading requires me to do a lot of writing, also makes me, it puts me in a position of like alone time, alone away from like my family, like stuff's going on. Um, One of the things that I sought out when the pandemic hit was the opportunity for community to engage with people on whatever, whatever wavelength that I could, I could engage with them on. So I joined fraternity I joined uh, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, which is the oldest Greek letter Fraternity for African Americans, recognized as one of the D9 or Divine Nine. Through that, through that process, I met a lot of people um, in the Inland Empire, and it allowed me the opportunity to fellowship with people through community service, advocacy, and like working on different projects with uh, like-minded people. Whether it be something like food drive or like a neighborhood cleanup or like revenue building, getting to to see that and participate in that. Um, and to also be involved in the different things that they're involved in was beneficial to me. And I learned that that just the fellowship and the the, the community of that all really helped me kind of like recharge my battery. I feel like self-care is important, you know, for someone like myself, like I'm married. You know, I have two kids. I have a house. 
I find myself, honey, do this, honey, do that, honey, do this. You know, just painting the house, working on this, put the shelf up. And uh, if you don't take time for, for like yourself, it really kind of, it minimizes the way that you're able to show up for other people. So if you can't show up for yourself, then you it's difficult for you to show up for other people. So if you're charged up, then you can present the best you possible. But if you're like beaten down by the mundane, then it's going to be, you're not going to be able to present the best you possible. What do you do for self-care? Let us know. Send us an email at dbh-publicrelations at dbh.sbcounty.gov. Well, friends, that is all for today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Resilient and Real. If you'd like to share your story of resiliency, please send us an email at dbh-publicrelations at dbh.sbcounty.gov. Plus, don't forget to follow us on social media to stay updated on all things DBH. We have a lot of exciting things coming up for National Recovery Month and National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Until next time, live life resilient and real.